Nelson in looking for Garza backside and in for the first goal in Atlanta United history from Yamil Assad. Take a look at history. Hi, y'all, and welcome to Five Stripe Final, the only highly distributed audio discussion discussing all things Atlanta United, sponsored by Dirty Sauce Soccer. I'm JCM Jones from Dirty Sauce Soccer. Joe Patrick from Dirty Sauce Soccer is over there. Say hey, Joe. What's going on, Sam? Hey, hey, buddy. Hey, Joe, we, we, for the second week in a row, we've managed to convince someone against all odds, against all odds, to, to come on and actually talk to us for a few minutes here. Uh, against stunning odds really, uh, jason anderson managing editor of black and red united the dc united sb nation blog is here with us jason how you doing today man uh i'm i'm pretty good a little a little worn out it's been kind of wild with uh the stadium and rooney and all that but uh you know i'm all right yeah this has been a, a massive week for the entire franchise it really seems like it seems like a, a momentous occasion to, to say the very least uh especially with everything that went on with the, uh, the 3-1 win against Vancouver the other night. Um, and it's interesting to watch from afar because our perception of D.C. United is maybe not extremely positive, I guess, especially considering uh, the last decade or so. But it, it really seems like there's optimism about this team now, which hasn't been around in a while, I feel like. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's kind of weird um, being in this like this new era that we have. Um, I mean, I I had to. It didn't truly hit me that the stadium was going to exist until I went to an event there. I physically walked into the building, and even then, it was only like I got a glimpse through the of the field through a, a little gap in the stands, and that's that was the thing that actually was like, this is a real thing. You're not. Uh, having some sort of hallucination or a daydream at work. This is a real building that a real soccer game is going to happen on uh, very soon. And this, that was, you know, like 50 hours before the game. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely pretty wild to see, um, you know, that the team has kind of built itself towards um, playing a, a higher standard of soccer, or at least a more entertaining standard of soccer. Um, last year's team really only ever had a chance if they could just hunker in and, and hang on for dear life. And it, it only occasionally worked. Um, this year's team can't really do that. Uh, they can't really defend, uh, very much at all, but they can score. Um, so it's kind of the opposite problem. Um, they've been really good going forward, not like elite, but you know, a step down from that, I think is fair, especially they've been scoring goals on the road left and right. Um, they just can't really defend. They they kind of got away with, um, you know, the the win was, you know, it felt like a celebration in a lot of ways. But if you go back mm. and watch the tape, you'll see Vancouver miss, I want to say, three different point blank uh, headers on set pieces. Um, and if if even, you know, if one of those goes in uh, while the score is zero, zero, one, one, nothing, that's a whole different game. So. Um, they've still got some some major work to do, um, but we are talking about a team that can play some pretty good soccer going forward, which uh, I know in Atlanta's first year, it was like, how are these guys not just getting steamrolled? Because you know, on a talent <laughs> level, on a talent level, it was, you know, night and day. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that there was more than one or two players for DC that would have had a shot at a place in Atlanta's lineup. Um, but now, um, you know, I, I kind of find myself a little 
Um, I, I'm going to be covering this game, and I'm a little worried that I'm going to be writing about some sort of 5-4 uh, shootout game because DC doesn't really know how to do it any other way this year. It's either they score a bunch and they win, or they score a few and they lose. They they don't do the one nothing uh, boredom game anymore. That That's that so interesting to us. me. That's so interesting to me because, you know, it's not uncommon for that kind of thing to happen from one year to another. But I feel like usually when it does, it's because you have a different manager. You know, you have a different philosophy um, brought in by a different coach. But obviously you guys have had Ben Olsen there like forever. Um, I don't even know who the D.C. United manager was before Ben Olsen, to be honest. It was Kurt and Alfo, and it was a, a dark, dark couple of months he was only here for like half a season and it was just hopeless uh from start to finish so so what tell us about ben olsen and kind of just his um does he have like a a a strong philosophy of something he wants to do it sounds like he's pretty adaptable based on you know obviously what we saw last year his strategy against atlanta united was extremely effective um and then, you know, as you say, this year, it's kind of gone the opposite way. Was was that surprising to you or did you kind of expect that based on some of the moves the team was making with the players it was bringing in? Um, I, I think I think we we expected a some kind of change um, with, you know, the, the team is basically reintroducing itself to the public um, between the stadium and Rooney. Um, you know, it was at the press conference after the game against Vancouver. I was I got into the press room pretty quickly so I was front row and I looked back and saw like 40 45 people in there and I was like what on earth is happening like we're used <laughs> to having like 10 maybe um so you know it's kind of it's kind of shocking to see but you know the team knew all along that they couldn't just build the stadium and get one player and that was it they had to actually give people a reason other than you know Plenty of people showed up in their Man United Rooney jerseys for one game, but you've got to give them a reason to come back. And winning helps, but winning it while putting on a show does a lot more. Um, and we we knew that there was going to be an attempt made to get to that point. Um, I'm surprised to the degree, uh, to the quickness uh, of that change, because, you know, this even even, you know, Olsen's record has been up and down. He's got a couple of the worst seasons in league history. But he's also got three years where he took, uh, you know, bottom five roster to the playoffs. Um, And even in those years, for the most part, the team was still pretty conservative. It was not um, it was not the funnest soccer to watch by any stretch of the imagination. It was was survival soccer rather than anything else. Um, There was like a three month period in 2016 where they couldn't stop scoring goals. and they made a, a late run into the playoffs that Montreal promptly ruined on the the knockout round. But um, that was it. As far as being a genuinely entertaining team to watch, they had that one little window um, in, you know, a seven. We're now in Olsen's, I think, eighth season as a full head coach. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, there were times where they were fun to watch in a different way the 2012 team was you know a remarkable team in terms of character and all that stuff but um in terms of just pure like i as a neutral i would sit down and watch this team that that little bit of 2016 was the one time it really fell into place um and i think we see that that's maybe the ideal for olsen i think when things are in place that's what he wants his team to look like 
they play he wants a high tempo soccer um that is you're not afraid to maybe concede a goal here and there in pursuit of more he he's been having his team high press a lot this year even on the road even against teams that are demonstrably better um even when dc went down to atlanta earlier this year uh they didn't really start sitting in until atlanta clearly made it clear that you know the high press isn't going to work they still yeah. gave it a shot um yeah. before they backed off and were like okay this is not going to work and then it it didn't work the whole game um but yeah, uh, I think he has his ideal, and it's it's a direct but not through the air kind of style of play based on um, forcing turnovers, speed of play, getting in behind, um, pat- moving the ball quickly. Um, but he's also willing to drop all that uh, pretty quickly. He's not a very dogmatic coach. He's not committed to – he's not like Greg Berhalter where it's got to be this style of play, and that's pretty much it every single game. Um, he will, if he, if he senses the team has to drop off, he'll get defensive. He'll switch. Um, generally it's a four, one, four, one formation. He'll drop the, the number eight midfielder down in alongside, um, Chris Durkin as the lone defensive midfielder. He'll go to two. Um, he'll have the whole team drop deep and defend the top of the box. Um, so I think he's pragmatic. Um, and I, I'm, I'm glad to see we're getting a little more of a sample of what he what his ideal version is rather than the practical um, teams of the past where it was like, you know, as much as um, fans hated it, it was also a situation like, what else are you going to do with this roster that's in place? Like you're not going to win games trying to play wide open soccer against the other teams in the East. Um, So now they have actually got a midfield and a front line that can actually go out and the back line is still uh, a big, big question mark, but the rest of the team is actually capable of going out and competing against uh, respectable teams and not just sitting in and hoping for the best. I do want to ask about Olsen. Olsen's been there for pretty much the entire existence of, of this team. It seems like uh, a player from 98 to 09. Uh, of course, the coach for for literally this entire decade. You ever kind of just get sick of looking at the dude? Uh, no, I th- I think you know, he's kind of a he's a charming guy. Um, he's clever. He's funny. Um, he's usually engaging with the media, even when he's not happy with us. He's engaging with us. Um, you know, he he might um make a joke at your expense, but <laughs> you know, his his history with the team as a player was i mean he's iconic um he didn't have the goals and assists of marco echeverry or jaime moreno but um you know in terms of being one of those uh heart of the team kind of guys he was that guy for forever um he could have hung it up in the middle of his career he had a um i want to say an 18 month uh struggle with an ankle problem and he could have hung it up. He came back. He was a different player. He couldn't really run very fast anymore. So he went from being a winger to a central midfielder. Um, and he actually ended up going to the World Cup as a uh, as a gritty central midfielder, um, which is kind of wild because when he came onto the scene, he was a flashy, hardworking speedster winger type, um, a little maybe a little bit like um, uh, Tito Vialba um, yeah. in, in his way. Um, and he had to completely change his game and become a completely different kind of player. Um, and he was always kind of one with the fans. Um, he really, he got it. Um, maybe it was the fact that 
he grew up not too far from D.C., he grew up in southern Pennsylvania. He went to UVA. So he was kind of within like two and a half hours of D.C. all that time. So that was kind of that would have been his team, uh, so to speak. He maybe wouldn't have been at every game by any stretch of the imagination, but it would have been the closest team for him to go to anyway. Um, and I think that that has kind of meant something. And it's always been plain to see how much the team means to him. Like no one, none of the fans can ever say that they care more than Ben Olsen because, you know, he took the coaching job more out of a, um, a knowledge that at that moment in time, just no one else was going to take it. Um, you know, they fired Anolfo in the middle of the season. Um, Anolfo had already been uh, a second choice option. He was not the, the guy they wanted at the time. Um, and Olsen took the job, even though he knew he he was in his first couple of months as an assistant. Um, he, he After that 2009 season, he retired and then took a job as an assistant and kept emphasizing all along. He's like, you know, I'm I'm learning on the job. I'm new here. I've got a you know, I've got a lot of progress to make. Um, so he was kind of set up to fail um, in 2010 in in 2011. Um, he's, and he was always upfront about it. Um, he said he was going to do everything he could, but that he had a lot to learn. Um, and we've seen growth. It, it, you know, it took a little while, um, but we've seen growth in him and he's now, you know, I think there's a certain national perspective on him that he's still the guy that was coaching in, you know, 2012 to 2014. Uh, and I think he's actually fairly different from what people think um so yeah i i I don't know that anyone is that there is definitely a chunk of the fan base that just wants him gone um and it's not necessarily based on what's happening it's just based on a fatigue and a couple past bad seasons i mean you know he does have 20 20, uh, 2013 and 2017 on his uh, ledger and there's nothing you can really do about it um but at the same time um you know, a lot of a lot of fans aren't necessarily blaming him for some of those bad times because the the front office left the team with no money to spend, no scouting budget, no um, no real ambition other than find some guys that are um, in MLS that can you know become a lineup. You cobble something together and see if it'll get you to where you need to go. And he he went five hundred with those teams. Three years he got th- those, you know. Like I said before, these were bad rosters, and he got them to the playoffs half the time. The other half of the time, uh, they were pretty much terrible the entire year. Um, so uh, well, I, I think it's a complicated issue, I guess. You know, on yeah. one hand, everyone thinks everyone admires the the commitment he's made, and on the other hand, there have been some real struggles. It's got to be cool to have that kind of juxtaposition between like you were talking about having this new stadium, this kind of like rebirth of the club, almost how it feels um, kind of. And then alongside of that, you have this, you know, steady rock and Venels. And that's pretty, that's pretty interesting. Um, that's pretty cool. But I did want to kind of, you know, start looking more at this newer aspect of the team. And obviously one of the big storylines for us, for uh, when I say us, Atlanta United fans, um, coming into this game is obviously the return of Yamil Assad. Whenever these teams play, whenever Yamil Assad comes to town, he's always going to be the story. Um, he was like one of the most loved players when he was here. Everyone was pretty sad when, when he left. Um, what is your impression of him, Ben? What is, what is he added to the team? Just, just wondering what your, what 
your impressions are, kind of what what the DC fan base thinks of him. Are you uh, treating Emil all right? We just want to know that he's okay and that, he, that he's happy. yeah, that, that's all. He's doing well. Um, uh, he seems to be uh, enjoying life. Um, I saw he actually. Uh, I saw him after the game, and he had a, a very nice uh, blue suit on. I don't, I don't know if that helps people, but um, I know in Atlanta, it's any any Assad content is good content. So um, this is suits. Um, yeah, I think my opinion and the fan base's opinion were different on Olsen, but they kind of dovetail here, and it's that everyone thinks he's been spectacular. Um, he's already got eight goals. Um, I think one of the fears when he came over wasn't that it wasn't really a problem with him. It was more um, with Atlanta. He had Almiron and Martinez and Vialba and all and um, Carlos Comorona last year. Um, he had all these really talented players around him, and he was sort of uh, doing the work between all those guys to, to succeed. He wasn't necessarily the star of the show. He was sort of playing off of them and and having a lot of success through that. And then you look at DC's roster, and there isn't an Almiron. There isn't a Joseph Martinez. Um, and so it was a worry of how much was he leaning on them and, and how much could he do it on his own? And I think he's answered the question pretty, uh, pretty you know, impressively with uh, he'll do just fine if he has to kind of carry the show a little bit. Um, I don't think there have been too many games where there, there has been any real issue with him being anything less than one of the best players on the team. Um, he fits the bill for the high press um, extremely well. Uh, he's got a moment or he's got a knack for that dramatic moment. I mean, just like he mm-hmm. scored Atlanta's first ever goal. He also scored the first goal at Audi field and it was a spectacular goal. Amazing it, um, goal. Yeah. So it, it was not a surprise to me. If, um, if we had taken up a pool on who do you think is going to score the first goal at the stadium? I think I, I would have tried to get Assad first. If, if our site had had a vote, you probably would have had three or four people racing to type Assad. Um, <laughs> Because not just because, I mean, he is currently the team's leading goal scorer in MLS, but also just he just has a, a that knack for timing, um, uh, that that big moment uh, mentality. He's he's come up big a bunch this year. And uh, I I can't quite believe that um, Villa Sarsfield didn't renegotiate the terms that I, I believe the loan deal is exactly the same as it was with Atlanta, where it's only yeah. like seven hundred thousand dollars to make the move permanent. It is a um, weird one. You would think, I mean, he, he always seemed like, you know, a player way above that value uh, when he played for us. It makes me wonder if there was something going on there with that club. So, you right. know, he, his, his dad he is had, a legend there and there's, there, there just seemed to be a lot of interesting like circumstances surrounding his, his. Yeah. His he mentioned to me uh, once or twice, just about he, the phrasing was the club is not in a good moment is what he kept saying. Uh, so whatever that means, it seems to be there's some kind of contention there. Uh, but but nevertheless, like we said, doing extremely well. Uh, DC, eight goals, one assist. Uh, and he's a part of why I keep kind of coming back to an optimistic view of what's going on in DC right now. Because going forward, and we, you talked about it a little bit, Jason, they're pretty solid. You got Darren Maddox as well with eight goals, Lucho Acosta with a goal and six assists, uh, Paul Ariola with four goals, four assists. There's some quality players uh, going forward for this team, and it's about to get a whole lot easier schedule-wise as well. This is a team of three home games on the year, fourteen home games in their last seventeen games. It's got to be, it's got to be hard not to feel decent about where this team is heading. And it'll be interesting to see, I think, if they can kind of sneak in to that last playoff spot. Honestly, um, I don't necessarily think it starts 
Saturday. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Jason. Uh, but going forward, uh, it's going to be interesting to see exactly what this team does, especially since they've played, they've only played 15 games. Uh, it's way less than everyone else at this point. There's a whole lot of ground they can make up between now and uh, October. Um, and is that just kind of the general feeling for you? I think, do you think there's an optimistic feel around it? Do you think there's a chance that this team can, can sneak in the back door and get to the playoffs? They're projected at about 50 points uh, right now, uh, which would put them at about the sixth spot. Uh, I think they have a shot. I don't think it's a great shot, but I do think they are still, you know, the whole thing with this schedule from the moment it came out and we really got to look at how long it would be before they hit this run of um, home games was if they can stay afloat, if they can just stay close enough, um, they might have a shot at this. And and maybe after the first few weeks, it was looking a little... Um, a little remote when they had their one, their first home game against Houston. That was not really a home game. Um, and they only, they <laughs> tied it soccer plex. Yeah. Yes. Uh, out at the soccer plex in, uh, on a snowy day. Uh, it, it snowed out of the blue. Um, it was bizarre and, and kind of rough. Um, but yeah, uh, that one, you know, Houston was up to nothing. And at halftime of that game, I found myself thinking is like, if they don't come back and win this, I don't see, like as as strange as it was that early in the season to think it, I was like, I, this might be it. Um, the season might end. They might hinge on this game. Um, they came back to get a draw. It took a 97th minute uh, goal from Acosta to to get that draw. But uh, I think part of it has been that the East has its like five teams taking those top five spots, and then there's kind of a you know, it's kind of a mess to get to that number six. I mean, if you had told me a month ago that Montreal would be anything other than like down at the bottom, uh, I would have told you you were crazy. Um, and yet Montreal sits in the playoffs right now. Um, you know, the union from week to week, sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're bad. Um, you never really know what you're going to see out of them. Um, Orlando, I'm sure you guys have enjoyed Orlando's like extensive losing streak. Um, just a little bit. I think I think a lot of people up here have a, a similar, maybe not as strong view, but a similar view of uh, Orlando. Um, so so we haven't been against the, what's going on there either. It's just it, the door feels kind of open. Um, and I think, you know, D.C. lost at New England a few weeks ago, but they they probably shouldn't have. They were unlucky. It was a pretty suspicious penalty call that gave the the Rebs their um, their game winner. And generally speaking, I think. DC had been the better team. They just didn't capitalize on some chances and had a little bit of bad luck. Um, and I think it was kind of a game that that served as a reminder that this isn't really that much of a long shot. It, it's still going to be difficult. Um, they can't really be the team that has been slipping up. Um, they've had a weird knack for these. They'll be playing well, you know, 15, 20 minutes will go by and everything's going pretty well and I, or even like impressively well. And then someone will just do something mind-bogglingly foolish and give up a goal. Um, I think the the best example they played um, they lost three two at Rail Salt Lake. They've got a lot of three two losses on their their ledger. Um, they played at at RSL and they had a goal. They conceded a goal um, in the nineteenth minute. Joseph Mora, the the left back, who's a, a one of the new additions this year just lost Corey Baird, um, let him run across him and Baird, uh, scored on a header. 
And about 90 seconds after the goal had gone in, Mora, I guess, was still upset with himself or upset with something else. And he went in with a studs up tackle on um, someone else from RSL. I can't remember now, but he got himself sent off almost immediately. So he, in in less than a two minute span, <laughs> gave up a goal and got a red card. And DC actually bossed the game uh, playing 10 on 11, um, but gave up uh, a couple goals on, uh, I think there was a set piece goal in there. Um, and they, the second, or the, uh, yeah, the second goal came with um, before they could even sub a defender in, like in the moments after the red card, RSL scored, and then they scored later on a set piece. Um, and it, it kind of sums it up where it's so close to being a really good result, um, where most of the team played really well and they they did most of what they wanted to do. But then you've got one guy doing something that's just preposterous and it kind of sinks the whole thing. Um, so they've been they've been frustrating uh, because they've been close to to very good a lot of times and it's like i said with the vancouver um uh the, their near misses it could have been another instance of that where it could have been dc mostly played very well and then made three mistakes and instead of winning this game that they should have won they could have tied or even lost so um that's that's kind of the other side of it is that they they just have this knack for being so close to success and then botching it in some way, in some small way that is avoidable. And it's usually just down to one individual player doing something that is just inexplicable. Right. That's interesting. So we've talked about, I mean, we're just trying to cover the big, the big plot lines here. So we've got, we've covered Yamil Assad. We kind of have a good impression of, uh, of DC United, kind of what they're going to bring to the table. We've not talked about Wayne Rooney. Obviously, um, one of the most popular names in all of world football over the last decade. Um, two questions. The first question is, has he figured out the correct SPF to use? Because I saw he was looking <laughs> quite crispy uh, a few days after he arrived. But more seriously, seriously, um, how does he fit into this team? Is he, it looks like he's just going to be uh, the, the, the leading striker up front. Um, just want to get your opinion on or just if you could fill people in on what his presence means for the franchise. And then obviously tactically, like what I think we all kind of know, you know, he's a good striker. Uh, but if you could just kind of talk about tactically how he can fit into Ben Olsen's system as well. Uh, well, first of all, I will say I've noticed that he's been wearing long sleeves, so he's trying to cover up <laughs> at least. Right. Um, Skin cancer is the real killer. I mean, we, uh, walking up to the stadium at the club shop is on the outside and you could see they had a bunch of long sleeve Rooney jerseys. And I found myself thinking like, it was hot. It was like 90 degrees when I was walking up it was, it was bright and sunny. And I was like, who is going to buy a long sleeve Jersey on a day like this? <laughs> and then I got inside and when he came into the game, he was wearing long sleeves. I was like, I guess he's just going to do that. Um, <laughs> so as far as that goes, I think he's, he's figuring that out. Um, his importance to th the team. Um, it's, so far it's it's been all all positive and it seems like a really big deal um you know not just for bringing a famous player in um but it seems like he's a good fit personality wise um he's emphasized a couple of times that um he, when he's thought about leaving england he didn't necessarily want to land in los angeles or new york he he didn't necessarily want the giant city um hurried kind of lifestyle now maybe no one told him about the dc lifestyle which is maybe not the giant city part but the like high intensity um 
uh, everyone's in a hurry kind of thing is definitely uh, in play here. Um, but he he seems kind of humble and kind of um, kind of grounded. I, I thought at the press conference that when he first arrived, um, that there was going to be a big entourage with you know twenty people all, all around him at all times. Mm-hmm. And his his entourage was his agent and two guys that I think are just his friends from growing up that were his uh, handlers in you know, air quotes. Um, and they were all very polite and, and like conscientious about everyone around them. And, um, there was no putting on airs. There was no, um, feeling that he was like, I'm here to grace you all with my presence. Um, but otherwise like, don't look at me directly, things like that. It didn't feel like that at all. Um, so I think he fits the team, um, in that way, because I think on a Ben Olsen team, you pretty much have to be um, humble and, you know, willing to, you know, joke around with your teammates and willing to fit in. There's no, um, there's no room, you know, there's plenty of room for stars on the field, but there's no necessarily star treatment off the field. You've got to be one of the guys. And he buys into that completely. He, he has emphasized it over and over again that, um, he knows he's coming here just to fit into an existing group. Um, he could have, if he wanted the number 10, I'm sure he could have demanded it and Acosta just would have been made to give it up. And instead he was like, look, I don't want to put anyone out. If it's going to mess with one of my teammates, I'll just take a different number. Um, so it's, it's little things like that, where it seems like, um, he's the right fit in terms of personality, um, in terms of it's the meeting around the area. Um, you know, like I said before, the press room was jam-packed with people and it was not a lot of people that we're we're all used to seeing um there were a lot of unfamiliar faces for that one um so that part has been kind of wild seeing the um the the level of attention on the team going going up in a way that you know back in the day they used to get more attention than they got you know from 2010 to 2017 um but it wasn't like this um where people actually seem to know who he is and what's going on. Um, not just the, you know, the media nerds that are always there like me, um, but the other folks um, that maybe are not 100% sure of everything that's going on. They're like, no, no, I, I get it. He's a forward. He played in England. You know, they, they, they know something about him and they've, they've actually come in and, and started to learn a little bit about DC United, which is one of the reasons that he's here, quite frankly, is not just to play well on the field, but to also draw some eyeballs because the attention around here hasn't been high for this team at all. And some of it's been that they've been bad, but even in the good years, it was, you know, there were no stars. There were not really a style of play that drew people in. So he's kind of half the battle as far as getting the local attention to shift back to DC United a little bit. Um, on the field, I think, um, you know, he, he'll be playing as a, as a, as a striker. Um, he'll be the lone forward. Um, I don't think he's going to start this weekend. I think they're still building him up since, uh, I believe he's only had, you know, eight to 10 training sessions. And some of those were while the team was still on the road. Um, so he, what his first training session was with Kofi Opare and a bunch of DC United Academy players, because that's who was around. Um, so that they're still building him up. I, I don't think it's going to be more than the 32 uh, minutes that he played against Vancouver. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, when they bring him in, it's definitely a, a, it's a big change up because you go from Darren Maddox, who's always trying to run in behind 
um, who uses his speed um, as his main weapon. It's it's pretty much plan A for Darren Maddox is to outpace somebody, get around them, and then something happens from there. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's been really good at that. And Rooney is, you know, he's 32. He's never been fast. Um, He's not making that kind of run. Um, I was worried that DC United wouldn't really know how to play with with him at first. They would need some time to figure it out. But I've got to say, at least against Vancouver, and Vancouver's given up like 41 goals this year, so it's not a strong, not the strongest measuring stick. but it seemed like Rooney was perfectly comfortable finding spaces between the lines, um, dropping off a little bit and and playing one touch soccer so that United was able to find him because he was smart enough to find the pockets of space before Vancouver could really do anything about it. And he was also smart enough to know that you get the ball and you move it quickly and the defense just can't stop him. Um, and so far, at least against a very bad defense, on a hot night, he made it look extraordinarily easy. He he looked casual almost. Um, and Vancouver was it, Vancouver looked like they could have had two or three extra players on, and they still wouldn't have been able to to keep up with the ball. They they were lost out there. Um, yeah, he really he really popped out to me too. I mean, I, I was kind of the same mind as you, where I I didn't quite know how he was going to fit in, but it definitely you could kind of see it um coming together a little bit at the when he when he came into that game you could just see the quality i and i think that that like an mls on honestly i think we overthink these things sometimes mm-hmm. um when you have a player of like real class it's going to shine through i think um in most instances you want you know we could you could always talk for days about you know tactical setups and stuff like that and all of that stuff is important i'm not i'm not trying to downplay them but I think when you get a guy in like Rooney, um, he's going to make a difference for you. You know, he's, he's just, he's just going to make a difference. So um, I'm really interested to see him play against Atlanta United. Um, it, did you want to say something, Sam? I was just going to say, is, is he going to make enough of a difference to, to actually pull out a win here? Uh, Jason, to, to kind of wrap this up a little bit here, can we go ahead and get uh, your prediction for this game? Let's go and get a scoreline here, if you don't mind. Uh... I mean, I really want to come in um, hot and, and say that we're going to go back to the old um, standard of DC United inexplicably beating Atlanta. Um, but <laughs> I, do, I do worry a little bit about the defense. Um, United's fullbacks have just been a mess all year long, and they, they say they're going to sign someone, and I'm sure they are, but they're not going to have somebody in the fold uh, for a game that takes place in a couple of days. So um, with that in mind, with that worry, um, uh, I feel like it'll be three, two Atlanta provided Martinez plays. There's that um, uh, headbutt yeah. situation going on that um, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I've been uh, talking about it on Twitter in hopes that I can keep the, uh, the disciplinary <laughs> committee involved because I feel like there might be a point up for grabs and I'm, I'm uh competitive. Um, so yeah, if, if Martinez <laughs> isn't playing, maybe United gets out with a two, two. Um, I don't think they can avoid giving up fewer than two goals in this game because the, the fullbacks, it just, I mean, if, if you can't stop some of the teams that DC hasn't been able to stop, then playing Atlanta, you've got a whole nother level of uh, difficulty in front of you. So two, two, if no Martinez three, two, if Martinez plays. All right, and uh, I hey, I can't blame you for that. I, I would be doing the same thing, and I was honestly surprised he he didn't get a red card there either. I thought there 
could have been two red cards shown on that play. But anyway, that that that, that was a that was yeah. another day. So Toledo, is there anything? What's Toledo that? was not very good. Uh, it was wild to watch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it it was rough. It was rough. Um, <laughs> there's a lot more where that came from too. But yeah. uh, anything you want to plug before before we get out of here? Uh, where can you people can find, find you? Uh, you can find my uh, tweets, which range from awesome to questionable, at <laughs> at chestrockwell14. Uh, there were too many Andersons, and I gave up very quickly on a name. Um, uh, Me and you both. Yeah, uh, it it, it comes it it can be tough out there. Um, yeah. I also run most of our tweets from Black and Red United. That's at Black and Red U. Uh, the site is blackandredunited dot com. Um, that one's pretty straightforward. And I've also got uh, a podcast, uh, Filibuster, or at Filibuster DCU is our um, our little podcast where we ramble about uh, what we're drinking and then occasionally discuss uh, some guys kicking a ball around. That's great. That's awesome. I, I encourage everybody to check them out. Black and Red United is one of, I think it's one of the, the best uh, MLS blogs out there. So um Jason, really appreciate you taking the time to come on with us today and kind of give us the give us the lowdown. I think we're all much more prepared now. Um, thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. Anytime you want me to come back, I'll uh, ramble about DC United or whatever it is that needs rambling about. <laughs> Excellent. Jason, thank you, man. We appreciate it. Yep. Take care, guys. And now for something completely different. Sam. Joseph. How do we feel? Are we still recording? Yeah. Cool. <laughs> That was good. That was good. I thought that I thought that was good insight he provided. I I, we got like a full historical perspective on it, which was great. Um, Brought to my, I didn't. I learned a lot. Honestly, what's that? Yeah, no, good good insight there from Jason. I do want to just kind of talk a little bit more about uh, DC as a team and just kind of what what they're kind of coming in as. Uh, They're coming in with three wins, five draws, seven losses, Uh, a halfway kind of decent record. Over the last few games, they've got nine points in their last seven. Uh, but uh, again, the, the big swing that's going to be for DC is having all these home games stockpiled at the end of the year. They haven't lost at home yet, Joe Patrick. It's only been three games, but they haven't lost at home. Yeah, two of their three credit wins for that. Come. Yeah, two of their three wins come at home. Uh, but there is a lot of room for improvement <laughs> on both ends of the ball. Uh, we won't get into the metrics too much, but that they hover mostly. In both goals for, goals allowed, expected goals for, expected goals allowed, they're right around about 16th, 15th in just about every single one of those categories. Um, and, and they're not exactly underperforming or overperforming or anything like that. They're expected goal differential or anything like that. So don't expect th- this massive change from their playing style to happen. But, w- but what's going to benefit them in a big, big way is all these home games coming up. Fortunately for us, though, they have to come here. They have to come here on saturday uh That's and nice. speaking of us it's nice it's real nice and we already vanquished the boogeyman once this year I, I don't think that jinx is really there anymore it's it's been somewhat in the back of my mind i think when we've approached this game coming up to it but i i've thought about it way way less than the first one this year where i would know we're playing dc we're gonna lose because michael parker is gonna kick the ball right to lucho acosta he's gonna score really really easily it's gonna suck well, you know, you know, the interesting thing about it is that I am less concerned about DC United this year because of what Jason was saying about how they are a more attacking team. They're a team that wants to play more on the front foot. 
Um, because those are the teams that Atlanta United for like a played. four three game. I know, Something I know. The opposite of whatever the hell last week was. And last year when we played, it was a lot of the same thing that we've seen Atlanta United struggle with this year. Is that you know DC when we brought in, in Zeke. When we brought in Zeke, Darren Eels mentioned DC United specifically <laughs> as the team they wanted to beat that was bunkering down on them the entire time. That's the crap we faced last year. If they come in in here and Hell, I'll let them score four times. If we get like a 5-4 out of this, I'm all here for it. All yeah. here for it. Yeah. It should be interesting to see how it plays out based on what he said because, you know, the the, the game plan against Atlanta United is clear at this point. Um, there's no question what, what, what teams should yeah. do if they want to pick up a point um, when they come in here. Yeah, so what I, want, what I think might happen is, is a lot different. I, I he seemed a little optimistic, or Jason seemed a little optimistic about Ben Olsen kind of going for it a little bit. I, I just don't think anyone's going to go for it anymore. I'm, I'm with at you home against us. Why would you? Why I'm with you, you, especially when Ben Olsen that should know better than anyone how effective that strategy can be. So, um, mm. yeah, I just don't see. I don't see them kind of coming out and being as aggressive as as Jason was putting out. But we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I hope they do. I hope we get to see a great game of soccer. Um, I actually won't be there. I'll be at a uh, wedding shower, but um, mm. you'll be there, and so will our uh, Harris Kruskich. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, excellent, Harris Kruskich. That'll be good. We'll have a we'll have a little uh, we'll have our Facebook or Twitter live. What Periscope? I don't know what's on. We'll have our live show after the game from the press box, and I think Joe's gonna do a separate show with actually decent audio. I will be in Charlotte on Sunday to watch the greatest team in Europe. Uh, take on Borussia Dortmund. Uh, so Liverpool's coming to Charlotte. So it's going to be great with a brand new keeper in tow. We won't talk about that, fun. but Sam just saying I, Liverpool's going to win the triple. Yeah, yeah, they are. <laughs> it was funny. Sam was telling me about his plans, and I was like, "Wait, it's preseason already? They're already over here?" And lo and behold, the Premier League season starts in like three or four weeks. So um, my team is still waiting that's to make crazy. their first signing. But uh, yeah. <laughs> It's anyway. crazy that that's coming so quickly. It's also crazy that we only have about 13 games left in the regular season for us. Sam, question uh, for you. That's, that seems insane. What you got? Question for you. What's Patrick go? Can, Joe, can ask you it already. Explain how freaking around. How is your like fandom or the way you follow Liverpool changed since you've been doing this Atlanta United coverage? I mean, for me, like I still watch Tottenham games. That's my favorite team. I'll watch them. I try to follow them, but like, it's so weird because I, I did not realize the season was so close and I have not been paying nearly as close attention as I used to. Um, have you found something similar? Uh, it's maybe not day to day like it used to be for sure. Uh, but I guess that that's said that, yeah. about a lot of sports uh, for me at this point, just because of, how much we do invest in Atlanta United because we're constantly talking <laughs> yeah. about it in Slack, writing about it, you know. Um, I am it, yeah. way further deep into it and knowledge than I ever, ever really expected to be with this team, to be totally honest. Yeah. Um, for my Liverpool, for my European team club fandom, uh, that's meant that if I'm in town in Atlanta, I may not convince myself to get up for the 8 o'clock game against Stoke and go to Meehan's to check the game out. Uh, I may just right. you know, wake up and, and put it on my computer and, and, and 
kind of sleep halfway pay attention to it. it's not <laughs> yeah. the big games are huge i was i was literally dying the entire time during every single champions league game and of course some of the bigger premier league games as well and everything like that uh but it is not as much a i have to commit to this because this is the only soccer i'm going to get i know there are more meals of soccer yeah. coming toward me at some point They're same here soccer. i'm as you know I'm a, I'm a i'm a weekend golfer and it's like now I used to never miss a Tottenham game, and I would the always, oldest you know, like thirty-year-old like, I've ever met in my life. Uh, golf is fun. I mean, man. Golf is way I love you. And it's getting more affordable too. It's cheap nowadays. Um, <laughs> anyway, I used to never miss a Tottenham game. Like I, I would, I would schedule things around it. Now I'm at the point where, like, if I was covering Atlanta United all day, like on a Saturday, I'm golfing on Sunday and I don't care if I'm missing a, a Tottenham game for it. Now that's it. Now maybe if they're playing like city or Liverpool or someone like that. Yeah. I, I won't, I won't miss that, but um, mm-hmm. it is interesting. It is interesting. I remember like, you know, yeah, I used to be like a, I was a Redditor, you know, like I was like looking at Tottenham from a serious kind of like tactical angle. I really enjoyed kind of like digging into it. And now that I do that with Atlanta United so often, it's nice to have that release for me of Tottenham just being like a screw it. I'm not even thinking about this. Just go out and do one lads. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm not at that point. I'm not at that point. I'm still pretty heavily invested. Um, it's not to say that I'm not heavily invested in them. It's just, it's just different. It's just different than it used to be. It's a little different. It's a little different for sure. We are way off for topic sure. by the way, but for sure, this is great. No, I love this. This is fun. Uh, <laughs> is there anything? I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I just feel like I don't know what I else to add. about United. Jason bit. was like so thorough. Yeah, no, he kind of took our, took all our stuff, man. Really stole uh, our thunder. Let me see. My big thing was the, anything. I did find it funny that um, DC United, I don't know if anybody saw this, they put out a player profile of Wayne Rooney in the, in the match day program, uh, you know, for their, for his first game, obviously. And uh, it, it was very poorly written. It had some like questionable phrases and stuff in there, like European Premier League instead of English Premier League and things like this. And then I just thought it was really funny how uh, like two days later yesterday, they uh, hired like a, a uh, communications executive <laughs> like a, uh, cons- a communications consulting executive or something so pretty funny uh, a bad yes. written yes. Wayne Rooney profile will do that and, and I, d- I didn't get a chance to mention it um, and I'm, I not sure, I'm not sure if Jason would have uh, responded well to it because their, their brand new stadium's low key falling apart already oh my god did you see the <laughs> new I just retweeted Pablo Maurer tonight homage. Or uh, an incredible pastiche, or, or a parody, or it's something to that extent of of RFK. Um, but like railings falling and hitting reporters in the head, and all sorts of crazy stuff going on. So, in case anyone doesn't know, um, Pablo Mara, who is at MLS Sist, um, tweeted some pretty awful news about this. He said. Um, Lindsay Simpson is her name. She's a sideline reporter. She was struck by debris at Audi Field Saturday. Uh, and she says she suffered a concussion from the incident. Oh, no. um, yeah. The object fell, struck the side of her head, neck, and shoulder. So Goodness. it's still like, apparently there is some debate as to what it was that hit her. Um, 
like some say it was like a, a plastic railing cap and then some say it's like a bigger metal bar thing. So I'm not sure. Um, but that's really bad that she was concussed from it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause there gosh, was a whole like, lot of other stuff I, going on. I hope too. for her sake, she can sue like she can like, you know, it's yeah. from that. Cause damn, that is, that is bad. There's also the whole thing going on too, which is a very interesting case study for, our front office going forward, I think, to know to never ever do anything like this. Not that, not that I think they would, but there has been a lot to do uh, with the supporters groups for DC United. You have three supporters groups. One of them, the Screaming Eagles, has been allowed to essentially take over tickets for the supporters groups uh, of DC United. They're the only ones getting any kind of any kind of. Uh, discount or anything like that they usually give to supporters groups and everything like that the other two are getting pushed out to a lot of extent the prices have gone way way up um it is not pretty there were lots of outside of audi stadium instead of people being inside audi stadium or audi field excuse me uh for for that first game um so yeah uh as much as we kind of caught some grief uh for for some of our ticket takes i think uh at least at least they aren't doing that yeah yeah it's uh it's not great it's not great and there's there's a bunch of issues at play apparently from what i read um with some of the supporters groups they're more drawn by like demographic lines or and things like that so it's tough. Mm-hmm. It's it's tough, um, you know, when some of those groups get pushed out like that. And that's why I've said, you know, I went on Mouths of the South after, shortly after the uh, that whole incident the with the real price quick, increase announcement. Mouths of the South, who by the time we announce this, we'll have or we put this show out there, we'll have announced they have a new show going on 680s uh, streaming service, I believe. The X yes. is what yeah. it's called. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So big news for them. Congratulations yeah, awesome. to Josh, Sam, and Franco, or Eric. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> we call so, him Franco because yeah. we have got multiple Sams. Obviously. Uh, anyway, yes. um, you know, I said I, I said that it's okay that for the prices to go up because it's kind of a, a generally a, a sign of it's a metric that shows uh, a healthy club, at least um, financially speaking. Um, and if you're pushing up prices and you're still getting sellouts, that said. I would caution the club in that there should always be tickets that are extremely affordable because you because that's basically what's happening in in Audi Field is that it's, it's kind of getting whitewashed to a bit like there there's there's right. groups that that are getting pushed out and it's really unfortunate. And, and that's definitely like Hispanic, my biggest Latino, fear with any essentially. Right, exactly, exactly. And that's my biggest fear with any with any ticket prices, which I agree that it's it's a just kind of uh an inherent thing in having a successful club, but we definitely don't want, we don't want this to become, I don't know, like a Georgia game or something where it's, it's <laughs> right. a very certain type of human. There's just shows up to it. the diversity of Atlanta United's fan base is what's made a lot of it. I mean, so very, very enjoyable. Part of the experience, you know, is just seeing exactly. the entire crowd exactly. of how, how representative of the city in a lot of ways. Yeah. Which, what you want it to be, what you want it to be, what we want it to be our club. We want it to be represented of quite literally the greatest city in the entire world. Much better than trash ass Seattle, who we've been beefing with all week still because we <laughs> oh can't my get over gosh. that game. Oh my I've been, god. I was beefing with Seattle this, like right up like to the point where we started better. recording this. You, you literally were. You absolutely were. 
of course brian schmetzer is beefing with us too now and just everyone's mad at each other and it's, oh it's a gosh. great i wish we saw them a couple more times i wish we schmetzer. saw them a couple more times because we gave him be, some... be fun to have a west coast rival very uh biggie tupac of us we gave schmetzer so much credit for being like the nicest man in the world so sweet <laughs> yeah we did just like a sporting Absolutely. goods cashier you know Nah, man. Full he's turn. full heel turn. He's, like, he's not like a bee rabbit in Eight Mile. He 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 doesn't look threatening, but then he's up there, you know. Saying, funny. Did you watch? Not, did you did you watch clock. the the film of of the of when he said that stuff? No. <laughs> he's actually being really sweet. Like like he's like it's so much different <laughs> reading the words and then like actually yeah. seeing him say. It. <laughs> I don't know if it's just like his uh his the way he the way he talks like his um his dialect or what, but it's, it's just really funny. Um, hmm. I can't, I can't it's hate right. on him that much. I actually gave him props on, uh, I went on soccer down here and I just said, you know, it's on us. If teams want to come in and sit, say he's been stadium. Mm-hmm. The problem is ours to, to, to solve that. And we have to make sure that if teams decide that that's what they're going to do, that they're basically choosing their own fate to lose because um and it's not to say that's easy to do but right you know i cannot i cannot blame anyone who decides to do that i know one uh, one of the lenny one of the press members was saying oh well it was so stupid for them to do that because they were never going to get three points that way and that's what they need well yeah they they do need three points but if they came in and played chad marshall like pushing up high with a bunch of space behind him joseph martinez is going to burn them all day so there's really no other mm-hmm. option for them. Um, and one point is better than no points. So I don't blame any other team who comes in to try to do that. The 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 onus is on Atlanta United to make them pay. And it's so interesting to me. We talked a little bit about it on our post-game show that had the terrible, terrible audio. And we're sorry for that. And we're working on it. And hopefully this one sounds crazy. Yes, we have a new... We're, we're, yeah. Yeah, sometimes cables can go to hell. Happen. Yeah, we, we, we have to make do. We're sorry. Whoever gave us the four star iTunes review, um, we will find you. We will we will we will ruin your, your entire life and this is I have a very particular set of skills. So you can you can understand this this time. Uh, the, the review is actually really nice. He just kinda said fix your audio, you idiots. And I agree. <laughs> I yeah, agree. Me too. Uh, yeah. But it's interesting to me, we talked about it a bit on the post game about Jeff saying the tendency when teams bunker is to sit there and think about it. And try to play quarterback a little bit. Sit there in the pocket and pick the best possible option. Well, with this, you have to move the ball. You have to move the ball quickly to get them moving. You know, if you're taking your time, they can shift kind of lazily back and forth, rock back and forth, and you know, set up their defense whatever way they want to. You got to move the ball quickly and just keep it going. And it's interesting to me that that was a halftime adjustment. When it kind of seems like, why not just do that from the beginning? It, right. It's really strange to me that it's like something like, oh, shit, we forgot. You know? <laughs> like, wait, what? What were you thinking? Yeah, I know. Yeah. So hopefully we move the ball quickly. If DC. Does so what happen. do you think will happen? What, what, what's your prediction uh, here? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go five nil. Oh, screw it. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. Uh, yeah, why not? Let's go. Let's go five 0 I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. I think we'll see thick fielder. I, I don't think thick fielder starts, but I think we get. I think we get a solid 30, 35 out of thick fielder. 
uh, Eric Rometty, by the way. Damn. You don't know yet. Now you know. Um, hey. And I think that, uh, you know, he's not going to be the reason we score five goals, but, you know, that'll be nice to see. And I don't know. I'm feeling good. I don't know why DC Apparently. Uh, uh, clearly yeah. you are. I, I agree. I don't think we'll see Rometty. I I do just want to say, you know, I, did, I went to his press conference um, when he was unveiled yesterday. And just really impressed, just really impressed with him. Um, you know, obviously, I don't know anything about him as a player. I haven't seen him play with my own two eyes yet. But just just from hearing him speak, he just sounds confident. He sounds calm. He sounds like he's getting to know his teammates already. You know, he doesn't seem like even Barco kind of had like a look to him, has a look to him still, even where it almost seems like a little bit he looks scared in awe of like kind of like everything that's going on around him and stuff. Um, Eric Rometty is, is different. You know, he's obviously he's four years older, but he's, he's also just has a ton more experience. I mean, this kid has been playing at a top level for a long time. So, um, just really impressed, just really impressed with him. I think he will be ha- actually have more of an impact than, than I initially thought. Not, maybe not in this game, but just overall right. in the season, I think he's going to play, have a big role to play. So I'm excited for that. I'm saying all the right things as well. Uh, yeah. I was saying that when Atlanta came calling, he, he knew. He knew he had to go. It was nice. It's real yeah. nice to hear those kind of things. And it's it's amazing to hear those kind of things about an MLS side. Honestly. Yeah. It was cool. He said the uh he called our the facilities a ten out of ten. Um Ooh. yeah. That was kind of a nice little phrase there from him. So yeah. Um good. It, it was good stuff. So uh anyway, my prediction, I'm gonna go with a uh two nil. I like it. I like it. That's probably I think it'll still be kind of a struggle and kind of frustrating, but Two 0 I yeah. think we'll, I think we'll get over the line this time. I think, I think we're ticked. I think we're just gonna come out and be angry about it. <laughs> no, I I'll, I almost feel like a DC will get a get a couple goals honestly. But uh, you know what? Sticking with it, five nothing, five nothing. Don't even have to watch the game. Don't even have to pay attention. Five nil. Here we go. Here we go, guys. Hold on to your freaking hats. This one goes down three thirty on Saturday. Joe Patrick won't be there. I'll be there tweeting though. Uh, follow. Dirty South Soccer on Twitter for that. Follow us on Twitter at Five Strike Final. Follow Joe on Twitter at Patrick 200 Follow me on Twitter at J underscore Sam Jones. And continue to, I don't know, donate to our non-existent Patreon or mean things to us over iTunes. Uh, we really appreciate it. Really, really do. Uh, Joe Patrick, anything to add before we get out of here? We've, we've talked for much too long been a longer one i mean these might go longer than typically we planned um just sometimes the interviews you know the people want to talk and that's fine so um but yeah uh let us know what you think about that time but um yeah that's it for me i that's i we've covered everything i wanted to talk about cool tyler simmons was on side what <laughs> that's our show folks we will catch you on Saturday again, 3.30. Saturday, be there, DC United, five-star final. Bye, y'all. See ya.